Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. Uh, We produced a show on the channel um, that's doing fairly well that was centered on a Bleacher Report article that was published, a shocking story uh from bleacher report that basically highlighted the fact that scotty pippen and some ex-chicago bulls are going to be going on a no bull tour to talk michael jordan and the last dance i want to quickly read some of the things that the article said yesterday it says scotty pippen is taking the last dance on the road pippen luke longley and horace grant partnered with australia's national basketball league to announce a tour called no bull which will fe- which will feature the former nba players discussing michael jordan and the 1990 chicago bulls the tour will begin on february 23rd and and then head to melbourne and sydney it then continues on to say a few other things pippen was the mainstay next to jordan uh, in chicago serving as his second in command for six championships during the 1990s grant played with the bulls from 1987 to 1994 serving as the enforcer for chicago's first three pit while longley joined in 1994 and was the big man in the middle in the second uh 3p from 1996 to 1998 so that's essentially what that report said now why is that important well uh, as you guys know, Scottie Pippen, um, ever since the Last Dance docuseries came out in 2020, has made had, has made it his personal uh, agenda to go out there and absolutely tarnish uh, the reputation of Michael Jordan, not only as a basketball player, but as a person. Uh, he has taken some very personal shots at MJ, and a lot of the things that he said uh, if I'm going to be quite frank with you, seemed to be he seemed to be unhinged in some of them. What am I talking about? What we want to do is we want to play the most recent audio. The last time we heard Scottie Pippen talking about Michael Jordan. And I want you guys to take a listen to some of the things that Scottie Pippen was saying in this audio uh, as it pertains to Michael Jordan. So take a listen to what Scottie Pippen just recently said about the basketball player. Uh, and the person, Michael Jordan. Take a listen to Scottie Pippen here. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball. And there's no comparison to him. None. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like, i seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. 
He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. So you heard what Scottie Pippen said, right? You heard what he said. Um, Absolute cuckoo stuff. Scott, I want you guys to think about this for a second. Scottie Pippen was talking about the same Michael Jordan that was there during his Hall of Hall of Fame enrichment speech. When Michael Jordan got inducted to the Hall of Fame, guess who one of the people was he always gave credit to? And I think Scottie Pippen was there. Maybe he was on the stage with him. I think it was Scottie Pippen. Jordan has always given the appropriate amount of credit to Scottie Pippen. Every single time. Every single time. So for Scottie Pippen to feel like Michael Jordan, you know, tried to make it seem like it was all about him and he didn't give him any credit is absolute total nonsense. Because there are a plethora of audios, articles of Michael Jordan heaping praise on Scottie Pippen. It's all throughout the internet. We've covered a lot of those stories. So anyone telling you that, oh, Jordan never gets, it's total BS. Total BS, right? But Scottie's behavior, if I'm going to be honest with you, is beginning to become disturbing. And a lot of people feel that way. So what happened? This morning, I was doing some research and I came across a fadeaway uh, world.net article and it had the following headline. It says, Phil Jackson's insights about Scottie Pippen's dark side resurfaces in his feud with Michael Jordan. The article then continues on. It says, Phil Jackson's recent comments about Scottie Pippen's temperament shed light on the complexities of Pippen's personality, particularly in the relationship, uh, particularly in relation, excuse me, to his fame feud with Michael Jordan. My trainer says 362 days out of the year, Scottie Pippen uh, goes along as a model citizen uh, and everything works out quite well for him and he's in a great mood. But those other two or three days, he can be the downest, darkest person there possibly can be. Jackson, known as a Zen master for his ability to navigate the intricate dynamics of the Chicago Bulls, offered insight into Pippen's occasional dark side, suggesting it was a facet rarely seen but impactful when it emerged. You don't know where it came from. Or what happened, but there's a dark side of him that rarely surfaces. And when it does, it draws attention to itself. Now, those are Phil Jackson's comments. Now, some people will say, but Scottie Pippen recently called Phil Jackson a racist. Uh, recently, Scottie Pippen called Phil Jackson a racist. A lot of people try to run with that uh, when he went on the Dan Patrick. Um, what is it? When he went on the Dan Patrick show. Here's the problem I think a lot of people are having with Scottie. Scottie Pippen has had so many different opinions on the same person that now you're losing track of what's real and what's fake. This is the problem. If you listen to some of the things that have been said about Scottie Pippen since his this since this, this since this campaign he's been on to destroy Jordan's legacy, a lot of people are left scratching their heads. There was one piece of information that came out that was absolutely damning, which was the following. Stephen A. Smith reported on this on ESPN, and he said this was the final straw for Michael Jordan, where he said there is no coming back in terms of his relationship with Scottie Pippen was this. It was during Michael Jordan's passing. uh, Excuse me, God forbid. uh, Michael Jordan's father's passing. And Scottie Pippen withheld expressing his condolences to Jordan over some feelings he was harboring against him. So apparently when Jordan found this out, that the reason Scottie Pippen didn't even met, because it's something he never paid attention to, that he didn't express his condolences to him losing his father, he said that was the final straw with Scottie. 
That was the final straw. Now, there's some people out there still trying to make Scottie Pippen's case of, oh, Scottie Pippen is this, Scottie Pippen is that, and Jordan is really the villain, and then blah, 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 when it's not true. You have Shannon Sharp and a few others that are trying to do it, but his, the reason he's doing it uh, is because he's a LeBron guy, and he's trying to hold on to that and look for cracks and chinks in his armor to hold it against Jordan. The fact of the matter, uh, the fact of the matter is the following. You can go out there and find a litany of articles and audios of Scottie Pippen saying, Terrible things about MJ, but you'll seldom find any of Jordan saying anything ne negative about Scotty. For whatever reason, this jealousy existed. If you go back and look at the docuseries, which was The Last Dance, that docuseries covered the highs and lows of every single player there. It covered the highs and lows of MJ. It covered the highs, of low, highs and lows of Dennis Rodman. It covered the highs and lows and lows of Scotty Pippen. For whatever reason... Pippen decided to take it personally. And everything that he has said about Jordan ever since the last dance, a lot of it has to do with things that occurred when they were teammates. And I personally believe that Jordan was blindsided by a lot of the things that Scottie Pippen has been saying about him over the years. I think he was blindsided. I don't think Jordan knew that this is exactly how Scottie Pippen had felt about him all of these years. Scotty felt like Jordan was a selfish player, he's a horrible player, he's this, this, he's that, he's that. So why did you want to participate in the Last Dance docuseries? Are we going to pretend that everything you've been doing since, in terms of taking attacks at Jordan, that you, you haven't been able to benefit from it monetarily? Are you kidding me? You're about to go on a tour, the No Bull Tour? Talking about who? Why don't you talk about somebody else? Instead, you're talking about Michael Jordan. Why? Why? Because you know, when, whenever you mention Jordan, is going to gain a lot of attention. People are going to want to listen. So the person that you still hate, you still found ways to continuously to make money off of him. And the irony of all of this is Jordan doesn't even respond. Michael Jordan's superpower, I believe, is his ability to ignore people. If we could all develop that skill, Michael Jordan's superpower, I personally believe, is his ability to ignore people. It's a superpower that he has. Everybody every day is talking this nonsense, that nonsense about Jordan, and he never responds. And I think that eats up a lot of these guys even more. But I think Jordan is also smart. He knows that if he responds, they're going to take it and run with, run with it for the next four years. So to me, man, it's a shame. Uh, but to me, I think Scotty is coming out of this situation looking bad to be quite honest with you, because a lot of these attacks are just absolutely ridiculous. Michael Jordan was a horrible basketball player. How would you expect anybody to take you seriously when you make a comment like that? How? Their audios of Scottie Pippen admitting that because of the deficiencies in his basketball game, he is the reason that's, that Michael Jordan and those guys weren't even able to win. This is the same Scottie Pippen that's acting like as if when he came to the Chicago Bulls, he, as a matter of fact, for those of you who didn't hear Scottie Pippen talking about his deficiencies as an NBA player when he got into the NBA, want to play for you now and then come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to Scottie Pippen talking about how he was an impediment to Michael Jordan's success when he came into the NBA. Take a listen to Scottie Pippen here. Chicago Bulls didn't, didn't ensure nearly a decade of championship success by just drafting Michael Jordan in 1984.
They got key secondary piece around MJ in 1987 when they traded for Scottie Pippen's draft rights from the Seattle Supersonics. Pippen ultimately became arguably the greatest co-star the NBA has ever seen, but he struggled to adapt to the life of an NBA superstar his first two seasons in the league. He openly admitted the same in a sports biography um, by sports biography Ronald Lazenby. My first two, my first year or two, I admit that I messed around a lot. I partied, enjoyed my wealth, and didn't take basketball as seriously as I should have. I'm sure a lot of rookies did the same thing I did. You're not you're not used to the limelight or being put in a great situation financially. Pippen averaged 11 points per game, 4.9 rebounds, 2.8 assists on 46.7% shooting from the field and 63.4% shooting from the free throw line his first two seasons with the Chicago Bulls. By his fourth season, the Bulls were hosting the NBA champion as Pippen averaged 20.8 points per game, 9.4 rebounds, and 6.6 assists in the 1991 NBA Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. So you heard Scottie Pippen. This is the same guy. The same guy talking about, oh, Michael Jordan was a horrible player. Really? Is this what we're doing? Scottie Pippen has had a hundred different opinions on who the GOAT is. Nobody knows who he thinks the GOAT is. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. So yesterday, something interesting happened. I turned on my TV to watch ESPN First Take. I can't remember the last time I did that. It was years ago. I usually watch ESPN with some clips online on YouTube. I don't actually sit down and watch the show. But for whatever reason, I tuned in and I saw uh, on the panel, it was Molly Karam, Tim Legler, uh, and Brian Windhorse, right? If you guys know anything about Brian Windhorst, he really made his name uh, when he really started covering LeBron before he got into the NBA and he's been covering him ever since. So that's kind of his claim to fame, but also he's a journalist reporter and all of that. So they were talking about a bunch of different things. And um, what happened? They were talking about Jason Tatum. They were talking about the Lakers. I tuned off because I wasn't interested in those parts. So I get back on the internet to kind of follow some of the stories of the day. And then I see a clip of Brian Windhorse talking about Allen Iverson. So I unfortunately decided to click on this clip to hear Brian Windhorse give his position on Allen Iverson. Why? Because recently Allen Iverson went on the big podcast with Shaq and he was on there. They were talking about a bunch of different things. Uh, and Shaq asked, Allen Iverson, how many points does he think he would average in today's NBA? And Allen Iverson essentially said, he said, well, the year I lost the scoring championship to Kobe Bryant, that season, let me pull it up. What year did Allen Iverson average 33? That year, he averaged, what year was that? Yes, in 2005, 2006, he averaged 33 points a game with 1.9 steals on 7.4 assists 
Uh, 3.2 rebounds on 81% shooting from the free throw line, 32% from the three, and 44.7% from the field. While I think he led the league in minutes that year with 43.1 minutes per game. So essentially what, what AI said was, he said, well, if I could average 33 then, where teams actually play defense, if you put it in today's game, I could at least find another 10 points. And that, that was a conversation. So ESPN brought up Allen Iverson's comments and they were reacting to Allen Iverson's comments. And when it came time for Brian Windhorst to weigh in on Allen Iverson, he had one of the most ridiculous takes on AI that I have heard in a while. And that his takes were so bad that a litany of NBA players, well-known players actually went online and started basically telling him off over his ridiculous Allen Iverson take. So for those of you who didn't hear what Brian Windhorst had to say, I want to play it for you now, and then want to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. No, I don't think so. Look, I love AI, man. Nobody respects more what he did and what he accomplished at his size. Here's why. There's a couple reasons why he wouldn't get to that number. First of all, just we can't just start playing around with numbers like, you know, it's easy to get there. Uh, since Jordan's like two big years he had late 80s, it's been 35 years since then. Only two guys have even gotten to 35 in a year. Right? Kobe did it once. Harden did it once. Maybe Embiid could have done it potentially this year if he didn't get hurt. Um, so it's just a very difficult number just to get to 35, much less get to 40. And now you're talking to 43. That's, so that's the first reason. Secondly, the usage rate would not be allowed. You just wouldn't be allowed to do that because of the way that they view these players and what they're doing with them on an average night. The usage rate you'd have to have to get to 40 plus points per game. It just there's no way an organization would allow that to happen. And then finally, you need to incorporate the three-point shot to a greater degree. That wasn't really his strength. That's not what he wanted to do. He didn't take a lot of them, and he shot around 31% when he did take them. That would have to be a big part of your game to average those kind of numbers as a guard. That's not what the league looks like anymore, Winnie. That's not even what's considered a quality shot, a mid-range or a shot at the rim. Teams hunt three-point shots. That's what they do. So that didn't really necessarily jive with the way AI played, and I just don't think any team would have a guy out there. He averaged 41 minutes a game 11 times in his career for a season. Like, there's just no way. You're playing 35 minutes a night. You're not getting to that number. So I hear what he's saying. It sounds logical. The, the reality is that's just not going to happen. Before I get flamed by Iverson fans, I just want to say, of course, if AI was playing in his prime today, his game would be different, and, the de and he would take advantage of the defensive rules, although nobody got fouled in that era more than AI because he knew how to get fouled, and he might get to the line less. But before I say that, he obviously would not 100% be apples to apples. That said, if AI played today, he would be heavily criticized. He would be way more heavily criticized about his style of play than he was then because he was a low-efficiency player. Now... At the time, the entire league was sort of more lower efficiency, and the 76ers were built to have sort of four strong, defensive-minded guys who couldn't play offense around him and then give him the ball and let him go to work. It wasn't because it was a character flaw or anything like that. But if you go look at the way he played, he played a lot of minutes and just chucked a lot of shots, and if 41% of them went in, it was considered a good job that would not fly in today's game. Uh, you look at Embiid. Embiid was averaging 35 points before he got hurt on 22 shots in, f in 33 minutes. That's unbelievable. It's one of the greatest efficiency seasons of all time. 
The year that AI won the MVP, he averaged 26 shots for 31 points. Um, shot just 41% from the field. I think actually 42% from the field. AI would not be afforded to have as much of a control of the offense in today's game if he didn't, if he wasn't a more efficient player. And I'm not saying he wouldn't be. Maybe he would be. But AI of AI thrived in that era. In this era, he wouldn't be able to do that. And as you said, legs, I don't think they'd give him the ball as much because if you only shot 42 percent you wouldn't be allowed to take 26 shots a game. So you heard the comments from Brian Windhorst. Absolutely ridiculous, right? So let me go online. Let me show you the post. Let me go on Instagram and read uh, some of the responses from some NBA players. Here's what some of the players had to say. Carmelo Anthony said, he said they will always find a way to discredit you, and we're, as we're showing this to you. Uh, Shady McCoy says, shaking my head. If you can't do push-ups or sit-ups, you can't have an opinion on athletes on TV. Another person said, Matt Barnes said, shaking my head. These hot takes for attention are getting ridiculous. Another person said, Ross Strickland, please understand the difference between basketball knowledge and entertainment. We are giving so much time to non-basketball people. AI would be AI in any era. Would he take as many shots? Maybe, maybe not. But all you have to do is look at his skill set and it's obvious what kind of impact he would have in today's game. It didn't stop there. Uh, Richard Hamilton, this has to be a joke. Please stop the buffoonery. AI would would have been AI in any goddamn era. Hold that. It didn't stop there. Uh, Waiters, I think it's Dion Waiters. He says, shaking my head, AI would be unstoppable in today's game. Point blank, period. Matt Barnes chimed in again. Low efficiency because guys were playing defense. Sean Matrix, uh, Sean Matrix, Sean Marion, a hero cap and it just kept on going on and on and on and on and on uh on the comments that brian windhorse had to make on espn listen um that was a very very bad take the reason it was a bad take was because his his comments um had no context and he were very superficial what am i talking about Let's go through the information again. Okay. Allen Iverson is a career 26.7 point per game score for his basketball career. Now, why is that impressive? Because Allen Iverson, when he played, he played in the more physical eras where Kobe and all of that, where pace was extremely slow. And I'll get to that in a second in terms of possessions. Allen Iverson was six foot, 165 pounds. Let me repeat it for you. Allen Iverson was six foot, 165 pounds, scoring 33 points a game in that NBA where the possessions were lower, the average score per game was lower, and the average three-point shots per uh, per game were much, much lower because today teams are averaging around 34, 35 three-pointers a game. And, oh, by the way, there was less freedom of movement. And he still scored 33 a game. 33. And you're telling me, and Brian Windhorst, that Allen Iverson would come into this NBA today 
and he would not be able to dominate. Now, here's what we need to talk about. Allen Iverson, for all of his lack of efficiency, was able to drag a 76ers team that was comprised of Eric Snow, Dikembe Mutombo. There were no offensive players on that team. He was able to battle every single round against players that were much bigger than him. Talking about Vince Carter, we're talking about Ray Allen's. Had one of the most amazing playoff runs in NBA history. Then gets to the NBA Finals to meet Shaq and Kobe's Lakers, who up until that point were undefeated in the Finals. They had swept every single round. Hear me very well. AI gets to the Finals, and in Game 1 in LA, because I believe the Lakers had home court advantage, if I'm not mistaken, Allen Iverson drops 48 in that game while being guarded by Kobe Bryant, a very young Kobe Bryant. Those are the people that Allen Iverson was being defended against, the Rick Foxes and all of these guys. And he still he still scored 48 back then. And when AI went to the basket, they were actual rim protectors. You would meet Kevin Garnett. You would meet, uh, the, you had the Dikembe Mutombos of the world, although he was his team. You had the Marcus Cambys. You had the Shaqs. You had the Alonzo Mornings. You had the Tim Duncans. You had all of these guys. And every time AI went to the basket, they would body slam him. And he would get right back up and do it again. I know this because I saw him play. I saw him play. So Brian Windhorst talking about, oh, they would bench him and they would put him down on the say he shouldn't play because he's attempting to get too much efficiency. If Allen Iverson was scoring 33 points on 44, 45% shooting back then, I'm pretty sure his efficiency in terms of uh, 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 um, um, like the percentage per, per game, I'm sure that number will probably go up to 46, 47% in this NBA. This NBA, you wouldn't even be able to touch AI. Allen Iverson was cat quick, lightning quick, like quick, quick. He would demolish this NBA, totally demolish it. And the late great Kobe Bryant had to say the following about Allen Iverson. He said, the, I, the entire NBA should feel lucky that Allen Iverson was never six foot six. That's what Kobe Bryant had to say about AI. He said, everybody should be thanking their lucky stars that Allen Iverson was not six foot six. AI was six feet dominating. You think Stephen Curry is special? Imagine Allen Iverson in this particular era. So you heard what the NBA players had to say. Almost all of them vehemently disagree with Brian Windhorst. I think that was a bad take. Um, it had no depth to his his his, uh, his his position. And it's one of the reasons why almost everyone is pushing back on. That was a ridiculous take. That was a ridiculous take. There are a lot of guys in the NBA that put up a lot of chucking up a lot of shots. It's not just about efficiency. It's also about impact. And people make a little bit too much out of this efficiency. There are a lot of guys that are efficient and ain't doing a damn thing. There are only really a few efficient players in the NBA if we really want to get into the efficiency. There aren't that many. I'm talking about guys that are efficient from everywhere on the floor. There are very, very few. Very. Maybe Devin Booker, for sure Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Irving, a few other. When we're talking about efficient players, there aren't that many. 
Luka Doncic is inefficient. Half of these other guys are not efficient players. Half of them. Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, those guys are efficient, but they ain't that many. This dude is acting like everybody in the NBA shooting at 50%, above 50% from the field, and they're not. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. So, as you guys know, uh, Shannon Sharp is one of the biggest uh, Michael Jordan haters that we got going. However, I'm not 100% sure Shannon Sharp believes 100% of what he says about MJ because his arguments are so bad. I, listen, I think Shannon Sharp is great at sports media. He's passionate, charismatic, funny, and all of those stuff. But whenever he gets to this Jordan LeBron, he loses me on almost 100% of it. I never agree with anything he has to say when it comes to that debate, and I never will. Uh, so what happened? Yesterday, he had a show on Nightcap featuring another hating ass, uh, which is Gilbert Arenas. Uh, you know, Gilbert Arenas, he a hater. He know it. Gilbert Arenas know he hate. But I don't believe I, I don't believe Gilbert Arenas believe a single word he's saying when it comes to Jordan Kobe. You know, I don't believe I don't believe he believes a single word. So what happened? They were reacting to the article that we spoke about yesterday about the Scottie Pippen and these guys, a Bleacher Report article about them going on the No Bull Tour, uh, where they're going to be talking about Michael Jordan in the nineties. Uh, Bulls, right? So they have that. And then I came across another segment when they were talking about, or excuse me, they were reacting to the comments that Stephen A. Smith made about, um, what is it, about um, LeBron James ruining the slam dunk contest. And of course, uh, this presented a perfect opportunity to once again hate on uh, Michael Jordan, right? As they, as they can never seem to be able to resist. So what we want to do is we want to play this conversation that Gilbert Arenas and Shannon Sharp had yesterday on Nightcap, and then we want to come back and react to their comments. Take a listen to what they had to say here. You see, here's the problem yeah. that I have because LeBron James has always been in an unattainable situation. Well, he got 23 mm -hmm. because of Michael Jordan. Well, he did the powder toss because of Michael Jordan. Well, he doesn't do the dunk contest. <laughs> Why didn't he do it? He did everything else like Michael Jordan. You see, he's in an unwin. Mm -hmm. I don't look at LeBron as – I look at LeBron as an in-game power dunker. LeBron doesn't have the creativity of, of a Mac mm -hmm. McClung or Aaron Gordon or Zach Levine or, or, or Jason mm -hmm. Richardson. That's not – a Vince Carter. That's yeah. not what he is. Us as fans, and that's why I said Michael Jordan ruined it. He ruined it because he was the perfect person. Right, you're talking about the dude with the 48 inch vertical, the dude that was a star. He was a scorer. He was creative in the air, right? So you had the 10 out of 10 guy enter the right. dunk contest, right? There's only been a few of those in this mm -hmm. game, right? In this game, and Vince was the yes. next one who had all the tools. He was the guy that was supposed to be in there three, right. four times. They keep it going, and everybody's trying to beat him, right? We didn't have it. We had it right. one and done, right? LeBron James, what he clicked was the high, the power, the creativity. No, I can tell you the three dunks that he only had, right? He was going to pull it back real hard, not from the free throw line, Right, which Jordan gonna have him on that, but he's gonna pull it to the side. Right, other than that, he was gonna go in, rock do the, the baby. rock, rock the baby, and then he was gonna do the the old one hand up, Statue of Liberty, swing it, bring it back. Down. That was it. Other than that, unless you wanted him to dunk on somebody, right? right? All right, 
look, Shaq, you're going to come out there and you're going to try to block my for real, right? And I'm going to try to duck on you. Right. Ooh, other than that, there's some guys who are creative yes. dunkers and there's some guys who dunk. Jalen Brown, you just a dunk on Yes, somebody. yes, you're not a, you're not a creative <laughs> dunker. Because he tried to right. do the D Brown, but you can't do the D Brown once you land. You know, D Brown covered his eyes. He was in the air. And you can't put, hold on. So I'm like, hold on. I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm looking at this. I said, hold on. Aaron Gordon dunked over Taco Fall. Mac McClung <laughs> dunked over Shaq. Hell, Blake Griffin dunked over Akia. He dunked over, one guy dunked over a KIA. <laughs> the other guy dunked over a KAI. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, man, look, and then, you know, I, and we had Kyle on the other night, and he's been unbelievable. But anybody that's ever seen Kyle in person, you and I both know he's not 5'9". Okay, he's not 5'9", and then you put him in a chair. He even said himself, I thought he was going to stand me up in the chair. So uh -huh. you get a guy that's vertically challenged, and you put him mm -hmm. in a chair. So if you put him in the chair, he's half the height that he was when he was standing. So what? I'm like, what the hell is this? So you're what they had to say. Here's why I think that these guys are bothered by MJ. And people that try to make this argument that, oh, this person is better than MJ. That person is better than MJ. But especially these guys. I think the reason that they're bothered by MJ is the following. MJ didn't ruin anything when it came to basketball. What Michael Jordan did was he set the standard. He set the standard. So when other players came in, they were looking at Jordan. They had already seen Jordan's body of work. And they were like, hmm. man, this is Mount Everest. This is Mount Everest with a ladder on top and a tree on top. And to climb this mountain or Mount Kilimanjaro uh, is going to be a difficult one. But when the, when the climb starts, Jordan is the greatest. But as time goes on, what these guys begin to realize is, man, I don't think I can catch him. So what some people do is they admit the fact that, you know, I think I'm one of the greats of all time, but Jordan is still the GOAT. But what others do is that they realize, you know what? There's no way I can catch him. So what they start doing is they start looking for escalators. They start looking for sneaky ways to climb up the mountain. They start looking for helicopters, big ass vultures that can carry them up a few meters or whatever it is to climb up the mountain. What, what, what am I referring to by that? Meaning by getting people in media to twerk it up all over the uh, all over the damn desk, knocking over drinks, spilling honey all over people. Shannon Sharp know about pouring honey all over his belly for LeBron J. He know all about that. He know that. And they try to distort the argument. And what they try to do is they move it from the standard to, oh, well, now, you know, those things aren't really important. What Jordan accomplished isn't really great. So now let's talk about other, let's talk about longevity, all things that nobody cares about. Because the fact of the matter is longevity only became an argument when LeBron started decided to play long. Usually people came into the NBA, they played for about 10 to 15 years. And they try to win as many championships as they could. And if they can't, it is what it is. But now it became this longevity talk. And they tried to shift the conversation. The reason that they're saying what they say is because they know that if they just face Jordan head up, it is a losing battle. They know that. They know that there's no player that has been able to do what Jordan did the way he did it 
that they may bring up in terms of a GOAT. I'm a Kobe guy. Kobe is not better than Michael Jordan. He's not a better basketball player, and he is not more accomplished. This is a Kobe guy saying it because you got to face the reality. But Gilbert Arenas and Shannon Sharp constantly sitting up there making up all of these ridiculous comments because they know they can't face Jordan straight up. They know they can't. If I start listing off Jordan's accomplishments, you would be astounded. It's freaky stuff. Freaky. Freaky stuff. And they know this. They know that, man, we can't beat this guy. So we now got to look for these obscure, obtuse arguments to make to influence some impressionable fans who in their heart want to go to be somebody else, but they have re no real ammo. So they hold on to these ridiculous, stupid, ignorant arguments. What was one of the worst ones that they came up with? When LeBron won the play-in season tournament. Do you know what some of these jokers, well, Michael Jordan never did it. Yeah, but LeBron never three-peated, not even one time in his career. Jordan did it twice. What's harder, winning that whack-ass in-season tournament or three-peating? Two times. You won't find these dudes. You can't find them. They know there's no argument on earth. There is not one argument on earth to say, this guy is better than Jordan. There's not even one. What's the argument we're going to use? What is Now they're talking about he ruined it. Because he set the bar, they can't climb it. And they're like, oh, well, I, I can't climb it because I'm uh, ruined it for all of us. If you can't reach the bar, you just can't reach the bar. I was thinking about this the other day. Why is LeBron still playing basketball? It's a serious question. I was asking myself, why is he still playing basketball? The Lakers don't have a chance this year. Somehow they made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, which was miraculous. But when, you, when they got to the Denver Nuggets, they saw that there was a major difference between them and the Denver Nuggets. And I'm like, why is LeBron still playing? He's won his titles. He's won his MVPs. Why is he still playing? Now, some people say he probably wants to make more money. Fine. But really? LeBron's already a billionaire. Why? If LeBron retired today or next year, like, I think all of us have come to the conclusion where we all stand with him. Why is he still playing? I don't even understand why. Because there's nothing that I'm seeing now that's going to make me say, man, you know, this really, there's nothing. Because what Jordan, what Jordan uh, achieved in his peak versus what LeBron achieved in his peak, you can't even bring up the two. The distance between these two guys is massive. I'm sorry. It bothers I don't even think it's close. I don't think it's close. I got LeBron number four all time, but there's a wide gap between him and Jordan. I'm sorry. Jordan is the better player by far, by far, by far, by far, in my, in my personal view. But for whatever reason, now they're saying Jordan ruined the slam dunk. Imagine. Jordan ruined the slam dunk contest. This is what they came up with. No, no, man. Gilbert Arenas and you and, uh, you and, you and, you and Shannon Sharp, y'all got to stop, man. Y'all got to stop. Shannon, man, get that hate out of your heart, man. Get that hate out. Of he tried to talk about, oh, listen to what Scottie Pippen and these guys are about to go on this bull, this bull tour. And even Gilbert Arenas was like, I don't want to hear nothing. He's like, really? You don't want to hear nothing about it? Because I, I thought we would find something to hate on. Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.